The title of my sermon today is Insight from the Blind. There's an old story that talks about a blind man who decided to visit Texas. He got on the plane and he sat down on the seats. He felt the seats. He said, man, these seats are big. The person sitting next to him said, well, everything's big in Texas. So he arrived in Texas, went to the hotel, checked in, was hungry, went down to the restaurant and decided he was going to have him some good old Texas root beer. Ordered him root beer. The waiter brought a mug. He set it down. The guy put his hands around it and says, wow, these mugs are big. The waiter said, everything is big in Texas. Well, he had two or three mugs of root beer. And as you can imagine, nature called. He asked the waiter, where's the restroom? The waiter said, well, it's the second door on your right. So this blind man, he gets up and he goes. Well, on the way there, he stumbles. He trips and he goes past the second door and walks into the third door, which led to the swimming pool. Well, he keeps walking and he falls into the swimming pool. Scared to death, he comes up gasping for air, shouting, don't flush, don't flush, don't flush. Insight from a blind man. Let me begin by asking, do you need something from the Lord today? Do you need a miracle? Well, then that raises an interesting question, doesn't it? That raises a question, does God still perform miracles? In this day of enlightenment and sophistication, does the miraculous still happen or, or, or does, it, does it just happen by happenstance? Well, we're going to see. And we're going to be reading in the book of St. Mark. So if you would turn your Bible to St. Mark chapter 10. And we're going to be looking at verses 46 through 52, which is a very familiar story that probably most of you know. Talks, and it talks about blind Bartimaeus. So today we're going to observe the insight of this blind man. Mark chapter 10, verse 46. The word of God says, And now they came to Jericho. As Jesus went out of Jericho with his disciples a great, and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. Now the first thing that we can learn from Bartimaeus is you don't have to wait for perfect conditions to receive from the Lord. Don't wait for perfect conditions. And so I don't know if you can picture it or not, but here we have Jesus leaving town, leaving Jericho. And we have this large crowd that's following him. The Bible says it's a multitude. Now, we don't know how big a multitude is, but safe to say the roads are crowded. And so I think you can see that with the crowd and with the noise that this is really not a very opportune time to call out to Jesus. I mean, what are the chances that Jesus would even hear this guy call out to him? Jesus is surrounded by, by hundreds, perhaps thousands of people, and so the odds aren't very good that Bartimaeus can even get the master's attention. Would you agree? Well, so the circumstances really aren't perfect for a miracle, but the circumstances are really perfect to beg for some money. After all, he's a beggar, right? 
And I'm sure he's probably thinking, you know, there's a lot of people around here. This is how, how I pay my bills. This is how I make my living. And these folks should be in a generous mood because of the teaching of this preacher. Re remember the um, uh, blessed are the poor stuff? And I'm sure poor. <clears throat> and so this was the perfect condition, the perfect environment for Bartimaeus to pat his pockets a little bit. But yet, but yet this blind beggar gives us the insight that there's never, never a wrong time to call out to the Lord. The crowd was large, there was commotion all around, but Bartimaeus teaches us that the right time is right now to call out to Jesus. Now it's quite possible that some of you here today are not receiving from the Lord because you're waiting for the perfect condition. Oh, oh, I'm, I'm going to call out to the Lord when they sing my song. Well, you know, friend, I'm sorry, but we might not ever sing your song because Josh may not know how to play your song. Now, it's no problem for Benny. Benny can play any song. But Josh doesn't know all the songs. Now, maybe you're waiting for a certain evangelist to come, and then you'll receive your miracle. Maybe you're waiting for the perfect pastor to pray the perfect prayer. Sweetie, you're going to be waiting a long time for that. There's not any of those around. But you're waiting for the perfect mood, that perfect feeling, or those doodads that you used to feel when you were younger to receive from the Lord. And so you keep waiting for a perfect condition, but yet this blind beggar, this blind man, teaches us that right now, right here in your current situation, is the best time to call out to the Lord. Now, another insight that we receive from this blind man is that we need to concentrate on what we have. Concentrate on what you have. Now, this is really an interesting story. I, I, I saw it on the internet, and this blind man, he walks into Walmart with his seeing eye dog, and then all of a sudden, he picks up his seeing eye dog by the harness and starts swinging him around the room over his head. Well, you know, people are in shock. They, they can't believe it. The manager runs over and says, sir, what are you doing? What are you doing? And the blind man says, just looking around. <laughs> the man was using what he had. And some people never receive from the Lord because they are concentrating so much on their weakness that they ignore their strengths. This beggar could have spent all of his time feeling sorry for what he didn't have instead of focusing on what he did have. He could have been so focused on being blind that he forgot that he could hear. What does verse 47 say? The Bible says, when he heard it was Jesus of Nazareth. Now, it's impossible for him to see Jesus because of what he didn't have. He didn't have his sight. But he could hear that the Son of God was coming down the road. And when he heard it was Jesus, Bartimaeus said, Now, I can't see who's coming, but I can sure hear who's coming. I have some weaknesses. I have disabilities, but I can still talk. And not only can I talk, but I can shout. And the Word of God says he began to cry out, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. This blind man knew how to use what he had. He says, 
I know I can't get to Jesus. The crowd's too big. It's impossible. On top of that, I'm blind and I can't see where I'm going anyway. So I can focus my energy on what I can't do, but to get what I need, I need to focus my energies on what I can do. He says, I can't get to Jesus, so I need Jesus to get to me. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And this is a lesson that some of us need to learn. Some of us are so focused on what we don't have that we've forgotten what we do have. I mean, to get to Jesus, you need to focus on what you have. You say, say well, Mike, I can't see. Okay, but you can hear. You say, well, I can't hear. Well, okay, but you can walk. You say, well, Mike, you know, my body doesn't work so well. Well, thank God your mind does. You say, well, my mind isn't working too well. And I say, well, I'm sorry about that. Come down, let the elders pray for you after service. You're in bad shape. <laughs> there ain't nothing working for you. But even if there's not anything working for you, God can meet you at your need. Friend, focus on what you have. And maybe your shout is gone today. But you can still slip a hand up and say, Oh, Lord, here am I standing in the need of prayer. Focus. Focus on what you can have and use it so you can get to Jesus. Then there's another thing that we learn from Bartimaeus, and that is don't be swayed by public opinion. Don't let the crowd, don't let the herd change your mind. Look what verse 48 says. Then many warned him to be quiet. And he shut up and kept his mouth shut. No, he didn't, did he? But he cried out all the more. The crowd told the blind beggar to hush up, to be quiet. They told him to calm down. But this blind beggar, for him to receive his miracle, he had to overcome the crowd. He had to overcome those who were around him. And just like Bartimaeus, there are some of you that need to receive from the Lord. And you need to overcome, you need to learn to overcome the crowd. You've got to learn to turn a deaf ear to the naysayers. I mean, think about Bartimaeus. Chances are, if he had not overcome the crowd, if he had not risen above those trying to keep him down, he would have gone to his grave blind. If he would have listened to the crowd and held his tongue, Jesus probably would have passed him by. And we wouldn't know anything about blind Bartimaeus. Now, you don't, you don't have to live on this earth very long to realize that the crowd is tough. You don't have to have very much life experience to realize the crowd is difficult. They say, Hosanna one minute and crucify him the next. And if you're going to receive from the Lord, you, you've got to overcome Three types of people that always hang out in the herd. And the first type of person you're going to have to overcome is, is the faith suckers. That's what I said. I meant what I said. Faith suckers. 
You know who they are. They are those people who will try to suck the faith right out of you. Every ounce of faith you have, they are going to try to drain you from it when you're trying to believe. I mean, they should have the word Huber stamped on their forehead. They should have a tattooed dirt devil right here with a big heart on their arm. They're just like a tick or a leech or trying to take your faith. And you've heard it before. Well, sweetheart, you know, you've been sick your whole life. I know, I'm really sorry, but, you know, your marriage has been bad for years. Oh, sweetheart, baby, I'm so sorry. But you know cancer runs in our family. Have you heard it? Here you are trying to believe God, and they are dumping on your faith. And what's funny, what's interesting, and what's really sad is that really sometimes they mean well, but just like a Hoover vacuum, they are sucking every bit of faith that you can muster. And so, friend, just like this blind beggar had to overcome the crowd, you've got to overcome faith suckers to receive what you need from the Lord. A simple truth. Another member of the crowd is the faith intimidator. I mean, there are certain people who will try to intimidate you when you're trying to believe God for a miracle. Think about Bartimaeus. He's a beggar. He's in this huge crowd. The dust is flying. The commotion's everywhere. And on top of all that, he can't see a thing. All he can do is hear and feel. So our story tells us he starts to shout out to Jesus. And the Bible says that this crowd gathered around him and told him to shut up. Don't you know that can be intimidating? I mean, you can't see anything at all, and all of a sudden this hostile crowd, these angry people gather around telling you to shh, hush up. But not only that, think about this. Here this beggar is aggravating the very people that pay his bills. He's ticking off the very people he wants to collect from. And I'm sure that he has to be thinking, you know, if I don't cool it, these folks may not give me a penny. But I want you to know it can be very intimidating when you're trying to believe God for the impossible and every, everyone around you is against you. It can be very intimidating when you are the only one in your house believing God for a miracle. It can be very intimidating when you're the only one at your work believing God to show up and do something special in your life. So this guy had to overcome the faith intimidators. And then in the herd, you always have the faith mockers. You know who I'm talking about? I'm talking about those people who try to make you feel embarrassed, try to make you feel ashamed because you have the nerve to believe that the Lord is going to do something for you. I mean, think about it. Bartimaeus is shouting. He's hollering. Nothing's going on yet. Just the crowd mulling around. Then all of a sudden, the crowd comes over and says, man, shut your pie hole. You've been shouting all this time. Jesus can't hear you. He's too busy for you. He's too important for you. Give it a rest. You are giving me a headache. People will make you feel silly. They will make you feel embarrassed. They will even make you feel goofy because you have the nerve to believe God for something. God's going to do something for you. Ha! But let me tell you something about faith. Faith can make you look silly at times. Faith can even make you look stupid at times. 
Because you see, faith is believing God for something that has not happened yet. And here you are, you're shouting, you're believing God, saying, I see my marriage healed, I see myself whole, I see my cancer gone, I see my bank account full. It hasn't happened yet, but I see it, and I believe that the Lord is able. But everyone else is laughing at you, and they are doubting you because you have the nerve and the faith to believe God for something that they can't see with their eyes. Faith can look like you've lost your mind. Think about Noah. God tells Noah it's going to rain. It's going to be a big flood so that he needs to be, build a boat. A really big boat. Can you imagine every day Noah's out there sawing, he's hammering, building this ark. People are walking by, Noah, what you doing? Oh, it's going to flood. I'm building an ark. <laughs> yeah, Noah, you, you go ahead, buddy. That old man's crazy. I always knew he was. Faith makes you look crazy. What about Abraham and Sarah? Talking about having a baby at 100 years old. I mean, what had they been smoking? And I guarantee it wasn't for medicinal purposes either. I'm just saying, if you're going to hold out, faith will make you look like you've lost your marbles. But here's what I love about this blind man. He's sitting on the side of the road shouting, and people are trying to make him feel stupid, telling him to be quiet, telling him to shut up. But the Bible says he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. He's saying, friend, you're not going to silence me. I may be the only one shouting. I may be the only one who believes. I may look goofy. I may look silly. But I am going to continue to shout and believe. <clears throat> I am talking to someone who's here today. And you may look goofy. There may be people who are trying to intimidate you. They're telling you that what you're believing in is silly. But I'm telling you to keep on praying. I'm telling you to keep on believing God. Keep staying in his word. Don't you stop. They may be laughing now, but who's going to be laughing when God shows up on your doorstep with your miracle? You've got to keep believing. Keep coming to church. Keep fasting. Keep standing on the Word of God, and He will do the impossible. So to receive from the Lord, you're going to have to overcome the crowd. The faith suckers, the faith intimidators, and the faith mockers. Well, Mark chapter 10, verse 49 says, So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Hmm. So the fourth insight that we can learn from this blind man is that Jesus hears the cries of desperate people. Thank God. Jesus hears the cries of desperate people. Can you picture the situ situation? Jesus is walking along the road. There are hundreds, perhaps thousands of people all around. The hustle and the bustle, the crowd pushing, the crowd shouting, the crowd talking, calling out. You know how a crowd is. Hey, Jesus, over here, Jesus. Preach to us, Rabbi. Jesus, are you the Messiah? 
Hey, hey, Jesus, Jesus, can I have your autograph? Jesus, will you marry me? You know, crowds are crazy. They're crazy. But yet, there is a blind man sitting on the roadside begging. And along with all the noise, all the commotion, all the activity, he begins to shout. Now, I don't know about you, but the interesting thing to me, the thing that is almost as miraculous as his healing, was that with all the noise and all the ruckus, Jesus Christ heard the cry of one desperate blind man. And not only did Jesus hear him, but the Bible says that this one blind beggar who was desperate and crying out to Jesus Christ, the one who was there when the foundations of the world were laid, the very Son of God, the Messiah, the one who left heaven and came to earth to redeem all of mankind, the Bible says that this one blind man stopped Jesus Christ in his tracks. What that means is today, I want you to know that Jesus hears your cries. Jesus hears your cries. Jesus sees your tears at midnight. He sees your faith. Friend, don't let the passage of time fuel doubt in your life. Because Jesus hears the cries of desperate people. And the Bible says Jesus stopped and called him. But then notice what the Bible also says in verse 49. Then the crowd called the blind man. Isn't it amazing how those who were against him, those who are telling him to shut up, are now with him. Now they're coming over and saying, hey, buddy, come on, cheer up, friend. The master's calling you. Come on. I'm sure Bartimaeus is saying, hey, if you guys hadn't been putting me down, I wouldn't have to cheer up. Remember, Hosanna one minute, crucify him the next. And verse 50 says, and throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. Now there are some commentaries, and this is speculation, that, you know, they have said that this cloak, this garment that Bartimaeus threw aside, that it was issued by the government. It was, it was a notice, a sign, a badge, if you will, that Bartimaeus was indeed disabled, that, that he wasn't a con man. They surmise that this garment was a symbol that, that Bartimaeus was truly in need of assistance and it was all right to, to give him money. And so you can see, if that's the case, that this is a very important asset to this blind man. It was his license to beg. And even if that's not the case, this garment was, was still his warmth from the cold desert night. This garment was still his shade from the hot noonday sun as he sat begging. 
It is possible and highly probable that this was the most important thing that Bartimaeus owned. This garment. And so, we really don't know what all this garment stood for, but, but the writer of the gospel thought that it was important enough to include in the scripture that this blind beggar threw his garment aside and went to Jesus. Nothing, nothing was going to get in his way. Now, for some of you that are sitting in this room today, for you to receive what you need from the Lord, there are some things you need to throw aside. You need to let some things go and come to Jesus. There's a good chance for some of you it's pride. God wants to do a miracle in your life. God wants to answer that prayer, but, but you keep covering things up. What do you mean, Mike? What do you mean? Well, what I mean is that you don't want anyone to know that you're sick. You continually hide the fact that things aren't going well at home. You keep to yourself that there's an addiction that you're fighting. And so pride keeps you covering up and hiding the things that you have. But friend, listen, if you want to receive from the Lord, he is here. But you're going to have to throw your pride aside. There are others of you here today that fear is keeping you from receiving what you need from the Lord. You know you need to come to the altar. You know you need to have someone pray with you. But weak, but fear paralyzes you, and week after week you just stand there at your pew. When the Holy Spirit is calling you. And friend, he's calling you for a reason. There is something here for you. But you have to throw aside your fear and come to the Master. You think, well, well what will people think? If, 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 I, if I go down there, they're going to think there's sin in my life. Friend, who cares what people think? Remember, you're going to have to overcome the faith intimidators. You're trying to receive a miracle, and to get it, you're going to have to throw your carnal garment aside. You're going to have to get to the point that the most important thing is for you to get to Jesus and you are not going to let anything get in your way. And verse 51 says, And Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said, Lord, that I might receive my sight. What's interesting is, is that this desperate, desperate man was specific in what he wanted the Lord to do. Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? And, and, and Bartimaeus didn't say, oh, whatever you want to do, Lord, you know everything. Bartimaeus didn't want a pat on the back. He didn't want a God bless you. He didn't want a handshake. He didn't want a stick of gum. Bartimaeus didn't want just any healing. He wanted his sight. And Bartimaeus said, I want to see. Friend, today you need to be specific. 
You need to tell the Lord what your need is. If you want your kids saved, you tell the Lord you want your kids saved. If you want a cancer dried up in your body, you tell the Lord that you need a cancer dried up in your body. If you want your mind to have peace and stability, you tell the Lord that I need a calm mind, the peace that passes all understanding. Be specific and tell the Lord what you need. You see, because El Shaddai is here. The first and the last is here. Your rock and your fortress is here. The rock of ages is here. The bread of life is here. And he is here to meet your need. Bartimaeus was specific in what he needed. And we also need to be specific. I ask at the beginning of my message, do miracles still happen? And I say, without a doubt. Mark chapter 10, verse 52 says, Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. The last insight we can learn from blind Bartimaeus is this. The greatest miracle, the greatest miracle is being a follower of Jesus Christ. Bartimaeus understood that receiving healing to his eyes was not the most important thing. Bartimaeus understood that the most important thing was to be a follower of Christ. Now, no doubt the fact that he received his sight was huge, but the biggest miracle that happened in his life that day was becoming a follower of Jesus. Because truth be told, he could have made it to heaven as a blind man, but he could have never made it to heaven without being a follower of Jesus. Now there are many needs represented in this building today. Perhaps there are as many needs as there are people. There are physical needs, financial needs, there are family issues. Whatever you're facing today, I know it's important to you. But the most important thing here today is that you are a follower of Jesus Christ. Because you see, no matter how big your need is, and I know it's important to you, but no matter how big it is, it cannot keep you from getting to heaven. But if you're not a follower of Jesus, that will keep you from getting to heaven. Now, we're going to be happy in just a few minutes. The elders are going to be down here, the prayer team, and they're going to be happy to pray with you. And... And we hope that you can learn to apply the insights that we've learned from blind Bartimaeus so that you can receive whatever the miracle is that you need. But you see, friend, it's not going to mean a thing until you've experienced the greatest miracle of all. And that is being born again. Bow your heads with me if you would, please.
there is someone here today and you have been chasing a lot of things you've been chasing after the things of this world money achievement pleasure hobbies you've been chasing you've been running you've been struggling but you can't catch it because all those things are elusive and can never be caught because the most important thing is to be a follower of Jesus and there's someone also here today that you come to church and if if you were asked you'd say that you're a Christian but are you someone who says they're a Christian in name only or are you a follower a true follower of Jesus Christ because listen let's be honest there are so many things in this busy world that grab our attention and not all of them are bad but the most important thing is that we follow Jesus Christ <clears throat> each and every one of us needs to make that decision right here right now to follow Jesus and we need to be like blind Bartimaeus and throw everything else aside. Does God still do miracles? Absolutely, without a doubt. And the greatest miracle is when a sinner is born again. So with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, if you'd like to have this greatest miracle happen in your life, if you need to be born again, would you raise your hand in this room? Thank you. Thank you. You know that you need to be forgiven, that there are things in your life that have caused you to lose your focus of being a true follower of Jesus. And you will put your hand up. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Don't be intimidated. Don't let the crowd keep you from receiving what God has for you. Anyone else? You want to be born again today. Would you stand with me? Everywhere. Elders, altar workers, would you please come and take your place around the front? Now from this moment on, these altars are open. I'm going to continue to talk just for a couple of minutes more, but you don't have to wait till I'm finished. If you need prayer, these are the most wonderful people in the world, and they would love to pray with you. And remember, you're going to have to throw something aside to come. But if God is calling you, he is calling you for a reason. Now, if you raised your hand or you didn't raise your hand, it doesn't matter. You're welcome. I invite you to come. Come on. Come on. Whatever your need is, whatever your need is, there is a miracle waiting for you. But you have to make the first step. You have to take the first step. At the beginning of my message, most everyone said, yes, I have a need. Well, now's the time that you can come and make specific conversation with God about what that need is. Tell him exactly what it is. And there is someone here who would love to pray with you about it. If you want to come and pray by yourself, you're welcome to do that. But God is here today for you. For you. Now, right now, 
right here is the time to call out to the Lord. He's passing by. Are you going to do what it takes to get his attention? Is your need important enough to get him past your comfort zone? Is your need important enough and great enough that you're not going to worry about the crowd or the herd? Friend, the cross is mighty. The cross is mighty. And it can defeat and conquer anything that's in your life. But you've got to come to it. You've got to come to it.